0: Hello there and thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Raising competent children. Raising competent kids in your home. Raising kids that will become capable, competent, successful, achievement-oriented, motivated, goal-directed. How do you do that? How do you raise such kids? And how do they respond to child-rearing practices based on that concept? Well, it's interesting to um, put this into perspective. And as I do so, I dedicate the program today to my grandson, Micah Carey, who is now on his way to his third year of college at Trinity Western University in British Columbia, Canada. And uh, is one of those kids that's competent, capable. He's on the achievement motivation path. So we dedicate it to him today. So anyway, here's what I'd like you to think about. The Search Institute, which has been associated with... Uh, A number of organizations one is focused on the family. Search Institute did a study in which they identified 40 different assets of kids that are capable and competent and then they evaluated 5 million children and youth from all kinds of backgrounds to demonstrate their level of developmental assets. In other words all these kids what assets did they possess and how successful how competent how capable were they as young people and then obviously what would their future look like so what i like to do is just kind of put this into perspective for you because it, all parents want their kids to be capable all parents want their kids to succeed and be competent however some parents know how to bring that about through their parenting skills and their their parenting attitudes and their parenting strategies but there are parents out there that do not know how to bring that about do not know how to raise a capable or competent kid. If their kid is capable or competent, it's by luck or it's by chance or it's by the influence of somebody else in their life. But they themselves are fall short in raising such kids because they are not competent as a parent. They were not competent as kids in their life. They were not capable and even as a parent are not capable. So you see we have parents that can produce these kind of kids and parents who cannot produce these kind of kids. And then if you look at it the other way around, there are some children that are receptive, that they learn and they apply and they take life seriously and they think about their future from a serious point of view. And there are kids who have no hope, have kids that have no motivation for the future, no drive, no goal-directedness in their life, so they don't learn the skills of competency and capability. Well, what are some of these traits or what are some of these skills that capable and competent kids have that made up this particular uh, questionnaire and made up this particular survey and research study of identifying competent and capable kids. Well, 40 assets were identified that uh, are associated with competency and capability. Now, I'm not going to go through the whole list of 40, but let me give you a sample of some of the traits and some of the skills that capable and competent kids possess. And from this, you can kind of generate a, your own list and you can generate a longer list than the one I'm going to give you. But you can kind of see the sense of seriousness with which parenting proceeds and takes place in the home. Here is a list of some of these assets. Assertiveness. Being open and sharing with others. Have goal-directedness in your thinking. Be self-regulating. That is, your mood and your, your feeling level. Regulate it. Moderate it. The asset of Empathy. Being a responsible person. Looking at life and engaging in life with moderation. Having compassion for others. Being thoughtful. Caring. Considerate. Being spiritual. Having a sense of otherness. Having a sense that there are other people in this world that you need to be thinking about and caring about and helping and assisting. And it's not just about you, but it's about other people as well. Here's another list of these assets or another... uh, areas of assets. Integrity, you know, that is doing the right thing when nobody's looking. Honesty, restraint, setting boundaries and living by the boundaries you set. High expectations, expect success for yourself, being independent, be a decision-maker, be a problem solver. See, those are some of the assets that capable and competent kids possess. And there are other ones, that you can probably add the list of your own. But these are the assets that one would want as a parent Your children to possess and you need to teach them you teach them by example you teach them by stories you tell you teach them by uh, chapters from books you read and you read to them you teach them by bible verses that you teach them lessons in life that you teach them sermons that they hear uh, studies that they engage in at school and church there are many 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 different influences even the friends that they have influence the development of these kind of traits or if you will the lack thereof so you see a kid is not just raised in your home a kid is raised in your home plus a lot of other influences but what you want is your kids to have a clear message of developing the assets associated with capability and developing the assets associated with competency and achievement and success and I've just named them you may want to back up a little bit and go through that list yourself one more time because these are the lists, this is, these are the assets that should prevail in your home as teaching assets. The examples that you live as parents, the people that you bring into your house, that they manifest these assets themselves. The social friendships that your kids have, they need to be demonstrating and living out a life consistent with these particular assets that I've just read to you. Well, why is it important? Why is it important that kids have up to these 40 assets? Well. You can name maybe even a few more than that, but you want your kid to have as many of these assets as he possibly can possess and that you can possibly teach. Some kids have 20 of them, 30 of them. Some kids have all 40 of them, if you will. Some kids only have one or two or five or 10. What's the difference? What's the difference between the kid that does not have the assets of capability as compared to the kid that has the assets of capability and competency and success? Well pretty profound. Here's some of the research from Search Institute. If a kid only has about 1 to 10 of these 40 assets, he has a 45% chance of becoming addicted to alcohol. On the other hand, if a kid has 30 to 40 of these assets, positive assets, he has only about a 3% chance of becoming addicted to alcohol huge difference so you worry about your kid being capable i mean you worry about your kid being uh, addicted to alcohol you worried about that well that's true you should be worried about that but what you should really be worried about is does your kid possess the assets of capability and competency and success those you teach and as a result of teaching those things and the result of your kid acquiring those skills alcohol addiction is less likely to occur if at all Okay, let's back up a little bit further. What about violence? Well, research study from the Search Institute found that of those kids that have only 1 to 10 assets, very, very few positive assets, basically don't have any, but very few, have a 62% chance of engaging in violent behavior on the playground, in the community, in the home, hit other people, become aggressive, uh, hurt other people in verbal and physical ways. 62 percent chance of becoming violent on the other hand if a kid has 30 to 40 of these assets at the high end the chance of becoming violent is only six percent you know six percent so in other words the more positive assets a kid has the less likely he'll engage in violent behavior so we worry about violent behavior in our community we worry about all the gang behavior and the activity with guns going on in our community Maybe the place for gun control and gun moderation and violence and killing and all the other stuff that goes is really the answer in the assets that your kid learns and develops in your home during his childhood and adolescent years. Maybe the answer is really in developing positive assets because then we know that that kid with a lot of positive assets will not engage in violent behavior. Well, what about drug use? which is similar to alcohol use by the way, but what about drug use, because it's all drugs. Well, the kids that had only 1 to 10 uh, positive assets had a 38% chance of becoming addicted to drugs. And that's marijuana, methamphetamine, cocaine, heroin, you know, and so on. 38% had a chance of becoming addicted to drugs. Where on the other hand, if a kid had 30 to 40 of these assets, in other words, at the high end, possessed a lot of these positive assets of capability, a 1% chance of becoming addicted to drugs. In other words, maybe the answer for drug addiction is not necessarily taking drugs off the market or making them unavailable, although that would be a a good thing too, by the way. The answer really might be, in developing a competent kid, that does not need to rely upon drugs for energy or for uh, enthusiasm or for uh, reduction of pain or reduction of hurt. An agony in their life. Maybe that kid can be much more competent just by developing these assets, these positive assets that you need to be teaching as a parent. Okay, that's kind of the negative as an example anyway, but let's take a look at some positive behaviors, okay? It really kind of flips around basically. Kids that have a high degree of positive assets, like 30 to 40, have a number of them, a large number of positive assets are almost 90% likely to be a leader or to exhibit leadership skills. As compared to kids that only have one to ten of these assets it's in the 45 to 48 range of becoming a leader and many times leadership skill among those kids is pretty negative and pretty antisocial. That is become a leader of a gang or becoming a leader of a group that engages in criminal behavior. In other words positive assets are associated with positive leadership skills and leadership positions as kids increase in their age and increase in their schooling and increase in their availability and movement within the community. What about health? What about health? Let's take a look at health for a minute. If your kid only has one to 10 of those positive assets, very, very few, he's likely to not be in good health. Only 20% of good health likelihood. On the other hand, if a kid has 30 to 40 of these assets at the high end, 88 to 90 percent chance of being in good health. So is it health that we need to develop or is it the positive assets that we need to develop in our kids and then good health will result from the way that they live and their lifestyle. What about values? What about the value of diversity? Being comfortable with people of different backgrounds and cultures and races and language and color. What about that? What about diversity? We all want our kids to have kind of a sense of diversity or comfortableness with diversity and maybe even uh, have friendships with people who are of different backgrounds. We like that with our kids. Well, how do you bring that about? If your kid has a low level of assets, maybe one to 10, there's only a 40% chance that he will have a positive sense of diversity and positive involvement with diverse populations. But on the other hand, if your kid has 30 to 40 of these positive assets, in other words, a very high level of positive assets, your kid will have a 90% chance of having a positive relationship with people of different backgrounds, diverse backgrounds. So how do you bring about diversity in your community? How do you encourage diversity in your community? Well, why don't we start with encouraging positive behavior in the part of our children, teaching our children positive behaviors, teaching our youth, our high school kids, and our early college kids that it's these assets that they need to possess and learn and live out on a daily basis and then as a result of that good things happen and as a result of that the bad things in life don't happen or less likely to happen so it's asset it's the capabilities it's the competencies skill of achievement that we want to build within our kids and all these things we worry about alcohol and drugs and violence kind of disappear, if not totally, but certainly significantly. And then as a result of having these positive assets that they've learned and developed, a kid is much more likely to engage in leadership, maybe a positive leader in his community, in his school, and so on. Much more likely to be in good health and much more likely to include others in his life, no matter what their background or skin color or religious orientation or racial, ethnic might be. It's the capabilities that we want to teach. It's the competencies that we want to teach. It's the positive skills we want to teach. Now, what are they? I can give you a test. Can you name them? Well, let me help you a little bit, okay? Let me read through the list that I gave you earlier. These are just a sample, 40 positive assets that you want your child to know and learn and acquire and live by on a daily basis so that your kid is a capable, competent kid and then enjoy the benefit to come therefrom assertiveness open and sharing goal directedness self regulation of mood and feelings having empathy being responsible having a strong sense of spirituality being a considerate person being thoughtful being compassionate living a life of moderation having an otherness orientation that is include other people in your life and don't exclude being independent being a problem solver being a decision maker Have restraint, be honest, have integrity, set boundaries and live by them, and have goals and expectations and pursue them. Well, those are some of the assets. Sample, you can add some more. But as a parent, as a grandparent, as a youth, as a kid, as an adult, as a child, as an adolescent, whatever you are, get this sense that you can be capable and you can raise a person who's capable, a kid that's competent and capable, but you have to teach the positive assets of life and then they in turn will produce a kid that you'll be proud of they'll be successful and will be achieving and then you'll be proud of them so that's your job as a parent you can raise a highly competent kid you can raise a highly capable you can raise a highly successful and if you are in the youth age racket 25 years of age and younger okay I'm gonna call that the youth racket that's when your brain develops at age 25 by the way you're below the age of 25 you can be a capable and competent and a successful young person but you have to have these positive assets in your life you have to commit yourself to developing these positive assets in life and live by them and manifest them on your day-to-day basis you have to be committed to them not just your parents you can learn them even though your parents may not have taught them you can acquire them even though you didn't learn them in school or you didn't learn them in the home in which you were raised or whatever. But you can be a person of empathy, responsibility, moderation, compassion, thoughtfulness, consideration, goal-directedness, and so on. You can be that person. Go and do. Go and be. And go and experience. And then go and enjoy the benefits of life that will come as a result of that. Anyway, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. And uh, my website www.booksbyhedberg.com A great book in there that will be along this theme Doctor, teach me to parent So if you're a parent, here's how you can do the job to bring about these assets so you have a competent family and a competent kid in your family Anyway, nice to have you with me and bye for now